the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Once again, you found us. Uh, this is the Mess It Up Podcast. I am your host, Paul, uh, also known as the Bowtie Guy. This week, I have a special guest with me, and I'm going to let him introduce himself to you right now. Hello, Paul. My name is James Patrick Biddo, but I go by Pat. Wow. I, I didn't know you were James until you followed me on Instagram. I'm like, who's this James Biddo guy? That's interesting. And then I looked at the picture. I was like... Oh, this must be one of those, I use my middle name. What What's the deal behind that? Well, first, before I get into that, it actually throws quite a few people off because my father is Patrick Stephen Biddo. And just growing up, mom had always called me Little Pat. So it was Pat and Little <laughs> Pat. But when I go to the bank or I get a job interview or something, of course, it's, oh, hello, James. Yeah. Well, what happens when you're James? You get turned into Jim. Oh, yeah. I had an Uncle Jimmy. I didn't want to be Jim. Yeah. So Pat was fine, or little Pat. Yeah. My dad was uh, born Bobby, and uh, he's not Robert, he's not Bob, he's Bobby Glenn, and he would get so irked when people would call him Robert because they didn't want to treat him like a child and call him Bobby. He's like, my name is Bobby. It says on my birth certificate, Bobby, you would call me Bobby. And so that was a, that was a big deal for him. Uh, well, glad to have you here, and we'll get more into your story uh, after a bit, but I just want to give a little bit of information. Uh, right now, one of the things that I really love about Pat is Pat is a Word of the Week user, and uh, I will get a text, or he will just come up and throw it up in conversation when I'm talking. I'm like, dude, yeah, that was the Word of the Week. So our Word of the Week this week, Pat, is unction, and unction is kind of a cool word because it started as one thing and it sort of morphed into another thing. So the the formal, original uh, meaning of unction is um, the act of anointing someone, like with oil uh, in a religious ceremony. You you perform unction on them. Well, they unction is what you do. It's a noun. You don't. It's not a verb. But um, you 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 give them unction. That's the the anointing. Um, and um, now, though, we kind of use it as uh, like. Um, having a, a deepness to it or a lot of uh, force behind something or emotion behind something is like that guy has a lot of unction to do that. Um, and so yeah, I think it comes from you'd get anointed and then that would give you more of a feeling of, of um, ability or power or whatever. So anyhow, I, I, I love that. I was, this is one that I was listening on my uh, British podcast for soccer and, and they were talking about the unction of this guy. I was like, dude, Got to get that one down. Word of the week. Uh, so if you can use this in word, uh, in, in a sentence during the week, every time you do it, 10 points. Um, and uh, I, I highly encourage you to uh, use it uh, as much as possible if you feel you have the unction to do such uh, a thing. I've nailed a couple good ones. So this one is going to be a challenge. It's, it's nice. You know, I used to do this when I worked at Starbucks. We'd have a word of the day. And uh, we try to use it throughout the day, and then uh, another person would get to pick it. And sometimes people would get really obscure. Like one guy used Zeitgeist, and it's like, ah, that's a hard one to just throw into to conversation. Uh, but uh, this one's kind of a fun one, and I like it. It makes me feel um, 
a little bit highfalutin when I say it. It kind of makes me feel like I can puff up my chest a little bit, like, like I've got unction to use unction. So anyhow, there you go, unction. Enjoy, uh, wander around, try it out. I like to ask just people if they know what it means. Just like, hey, uh, are you familiar with unction? Can you tell me anything about it? What do you think it might mean? And that, that's just a fun thing for me because I'm kind of a word nerd. Uh, so anyhow, I digress. Uh, so Pat was talking, we were having coffee. Um, Pat and I know each other from church. And uh, I think we first kind of really got to know each other. My memory of getting to know you is uh, men's retreat uh, last year. And we went to coffee and you were one of the people who had the unction to get out of bed and go into town to go to Starbucks with us to get coffee uh, rather than drinking the swill that came out of the machine there. And a lot of guys were like, yeah, bring me one back. But you're like, yeah, I'll go. And uh, that's, I remember seeing you before and kind of knowing you, but that's where I really, where you uh, buried the, the memory in my head. It was somebody's SUV or their minivan. And there was yeah. quite a few of us. Yeah. Uh, we went to like, I compared to a supermarket. And it was. a little coffee yes. shop. And yeah. There was a supermarket there because I remember seeing the, uh, the donuts uh, yes. there next to it. Um, yeah. Who was driving? I can't remember who was driving. Um, Mr. Hopkins? He went with us, but he wouldn't have been driving a minivan. Okay. Uh, anyhow, that's if, if it was you, uh, send me an email and let me know. <laughs> uh, the email it would be bowtieguy at com. You can also uh, email the show uh, and get a hold of intern Dave at info at com. So if you've got the information on that, let me know, and um, I will... Uh, if, if, if you were the one who did it or you know who did it and I get the answer and I, I can verify that that was the right answer, uh, $5 Starbucks card to the person who provides me with the answer on that one. So uh, you got that to look forward to. Uh, anyhow, uh, I just kind of wanted to talk to you about uh, life and messes and messages because uh, I think it's always a little awkward for me to say, you know, your life has been a mess. Uh, but in honesty, I think everybody's life has had some mess in it. It's just a matter of whether or not we're able to get out of denial long enough to see what it is or recognize it or take the time. But uh, talk to me about, we were talking before we started rolling, uh, just kind of go back to what you're talking about with your youth and uh, your faith walk. So I was born in July 13th, 1977 to Pat and Diane Bitto. And from the earliest memory I have, I've been a churchgoer. And it was the type of church back then that you wore the little the little baby tuxedo and mm -hmm. the little frilly dresses to my two sisters. And we did Sunday school and we did church events and Awanas. And it was just church, church, church. And my earliest probably 10, 12 years of life were church. So I grew up in the church knowing church. And it wasn't until I probably got into my teenage years where I was able to then say, you know, I don't want to go to church, mom. Don't want to go to church, dad. And then life carries on and then sisters start getting older and then mom and dad don't want to go. And then what was that about that? Not wanting to go. Was that just want to sleep in, got other things to do? Or was it a not sure you're ready to buy this stuff that you were fed as a kid? I think I saw it in my parents. It got to a point where I think my parents realized that in churches, it wasn't genuine and that it was sometimes church was church for the sake of look at me in the small town. I'm a member of the church and I'm popular. 
And I think that really deterred my parents from wanting to continue that. So it was so, more of a formality that you were going to church, not a, a being compelled to want to get there correct. on your own unction. Yeah. So because of that, you know, now I'm well into my teenage years. I'm driving. I have my own vehicle. I have freedom to be away from the house. So then, yeah, Sunday, I'm going to go do something fun. I'm going to go to a buddy's house and ride motorcycles. Or, you now, know, you said small town. How small are we talking? Where? Uh, Fallon, Nevada. So most people in Ridgecrest will know that name because uh, it is also another Navy um, base. Well known for the fact that uh, it is the host of... Do tell. Top Gun. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's them and Miramar. No, it moved from Miramar to Fallon. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not sure if the new Top Gun movie is going to reflect that. It'll be interesting to see. I have seen through various Facebook posts of siblings and friends that they had quite a few scenes filmed there. Okay. So... Nice. But mention, I doubt that it's an actual So mention. for those people who don't, and I do have a lot of listeners in the... Uh, in the east, and also we have uh, some listenership in uh, Copenhagen. Not Copenhagen. Uh, uh, I, I apologize. I apologize. It's not Copenhagen. It is um, Amsterdam that we have some listeners. So uh, for those people, Fallon is a town, a mountainous desert kind of town. High desert, like Ridgecrest, considered high desert. A little bit of moisture. You still get... Well, Fallon, it's central to western Nevada, Close to the Sierras. We're an hour from the biggest little city in the world, Reno. And so you get the four seasons, unlike Ridgecrest, it only gets two. So. And how big is the population when you're growing up? I'm not good with population. It's always been bigger than Ridgecrest. Let's say 75,000. Okay. Okay. Decent size. Okay. Um, you knew who people were you knew when a new face popped into town you knew they didn't belong you knew um friends we could go down the street to a friend's house and walk in the friends knew the parents knew the parents they didn't lock we didn't lock i didn't lock my door in my house till i was well into my 1819s okay growing up okay so you're hanging out now and you were the first one to Kind of stop doing the church thing? Yeah. And I'm, where did you fall in line with your, your siblings in pecking order? Oldest, middle, youngest? I am oldest. The next sibling is five years younger. It's my first sister. Oh, and then difference. one year younger than her is my second sister. All right. So it, it, it equates to about seven years between her and, and I. And all the same parents? Yes. Okay. They just took a little break. There was... A lot of Pat running around. They took a little break. I was told I was too much as a toddler, <laughs> and they needed a playmate for me. Okay. And they attempted to give me a playmate, and my first sister was just that. I tormented and teased and, and roughhoused. <laughs> so and not a played. playmate, but a toy. Yes. <laughs> and then my second sister came along, and then they grouped up, and I no longer had my playmate anymore. Yeah. I had two playmates. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So then after you did, um, what, what was the response of, I mean, did you just like, I don't think I want to go today or, oh, I'm sick. And I mean, how did you, or it was just like, look, time out. I'm not doing this. I'm going to ride motorcycles. I was given the opportunity. Mom said, if you feel mature enough to make decisions like that, then I'm going to trust your decision. So I was like, no, mom, I think it got, it got to the point where probably if I looking back, 
that's the start of my selfishness where I had better things to do. I could find funner things to do than go sing hymns and, mm -hmm. and learn about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you said you went to Awana, so I'm guessing this was a Baptist uh, church? Yes. Okay. All right. So then, and we're talking what time frame here? Is this 80s, 90s, 70s? Well, my teens, I, was, I would say late 80s, yeah. Okay. All right. So... And did you do the whole 80s scene? Were you a wild child uh, or were you fairly tame? Very tame because of that being brought up in a biblical home. I didn't, I didn't chase girls. I didn't have my first girlfriend or first kiss till I was 16. I didn't, uh, no liquor, no drugs, no smoking, no tobacco, no. It was very, um, like the small town, it was when I was out playing as a young boy, nine, ten years old. Uh, when the street lights came on, we knew we had about twenty minutes to get home. Dad would whistle on a warning mm -hmm. call, and it was time to come home. Very obedient to yeah. the rules. So you followed those rules and didn't. Were, were you with kids who were drinking and partying, or no? They were they were kids like me. Okay, maybe not brought up in a biblical home, but. We could go play in the in the fort and make guns out of sticks and climb trees and ride bikes for, you know, if my mom didn't make me come home in the dark, I would have played through the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, I was I was the one kid in my group. There was a whole group of kids that basically went from kindergarten through high school, and many of them went to college together as well and were roommates in college. But this this my dad called us the Rat Pack, and I was the one kid who didn't drink. Um, in that group. And it was because I had this fear. My father was, or grandfather was an alcoholic and I had this fear that I would follow in his footsteps and die at 40 uh, if I started drinking. That I, I could see even at a young age that I had a very obsessive, um, addictive personality that I never did something kind of. I was like all in and then some. And so I was afraid of falling into the bottle and never doing it. And, and I dabbled with drinking a little bit in college, but when my ex-wife left me, I intentionally got rid of all the alcohol because I thought I can't pour myself into a bottle while my one-year-old daughter watches and, and doesn't know what's going on. So it, for me, it was, it was more of a fear um, than anything else, but I was around it and it didn't really trigger me. Um, so, so far, not hearing a lot of mess, <laughs> Give us some mess. The mess, the mess started into my twenties. Now I'm legal. I can go purchase alcohol. I can go to a casino. Nevada's known for casinos. I can gamble. I can smoke, drink. It's now. Now here comes the mess. I moved from the little town of Fallon to the biggest little city in the world, Reno, Nevada, and my world changed. I was uh, introduced to flat out every sin that is written in the book and then realized man sin feels good yeah and fought back and forth because i knew being brought up in a christian home i knew this is not right but man it feels good yeah. and just back and forth the torment for the next foreseeable two decades yeah and did did you keep that Separate? Did you have a, a life for your family so they could see Pat's got it together and then just run amok? Or did they think, uh-oh, what's going on with Pat here? Or what was the, the outside look? 
to to your family, to the people close to you? Did they were they aware that you were doing all that? I think I put a pretty good persa- uh, uh, facade on. I, I showed them when I come to visit. You know, I was still little Pat. I was mm-hmm. still the big brother. I was still the the son. And then once out of their, you know, they still all lived in the hometown, so they couldn't, unless they knew somebody that saw me at somewhere and reported back, which good, good old little towns are known for, I was able to get away with a lot. And that even carried over to relationships I started forming in Reno while I lived there. It was such a big town that I could do something wrong here cover it up because nobody knew me there mm-hmm. and nobody knew who I was and in my small circle of friends they weren't running to my parents or my siblings so it was like out of sight out of mind I could be who I wanted to be and dabble and play and 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 live the world in sin and then oh mom and dad are coming to visit okay let's clean the apartment let's Let's put on our, our best and pretend that we're the good little Patrick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and I, I went through that kind of a phase where, you know, I grew up at church. We, we did church, but we weren't religion. It, it was religion, not faith. And um, I went to the youth group stuff, but I just had this more of a fire insurance kind of approach to Christianity. If I didn't want to go to hell, so I would do this stuff. And uh, when I met my ex-wife, she was not a person of any faith whatsoever. Uh, her dad was a, he was brought up Catholic, but rebelled because he hated the strictness of the church. So she just didn't. And by the time uh, we both went off to college, after the first year, we moved in with each other. And then I was just like, forget this. I'm, I'm just, I, I had gotten, I'd, I'd grown weary of church, but I didn't want to say anything to my parents. I remember that when I finally said to them out loud, I don't believe this stuff. That was a really difficult point for me. And, uh, and it kind of brings us into the, uh, the, the song of the week that we've got. This is a song I, I asked Pat to bring a song and, and he said, you know, anything by Lauren Daigle. So, uh, I found a song. We wanted to go a little bit away from the normal, uh, stuff that you've heard with the hits. And so this is a song, uh, by Lauren Daigle, and this is called losing my religion. And I just thought it was an interesting thing. So we're going to give a little listen on this and then we'll be back on the other side of the break to tell you what we thought.
So there you go, more Lauren Daigle on the uh, Mess It Up podcast. She is one of our most often used uh, musical uh, people for Song of the Week, and uh, I'm glad you brought that. So why, why Lauren Daigle? To me, a couple of things. I was never into the Christian music scene. I wasn't really big into the music scene, period. Um, I remember I watched her. I believe it was Ellen. She came on. She was proud, showing off her Christianity. And I, I listened to her, and I, I was so excited to see somebody in the huge spotlight say, I'm a Christian, and I'm not afraid of it. And I began listening to, to her songs and, and going down the path of what Christian music is, and it was amazing, and I absolutely loved it. And, and these lyrics, Paul, that's exactly what my life seemed to be. I was very religious, mm-hmm. and now over time... I've just established a, a relationship with Christ, and and that's all that I need. Yeah, people don't always get that difference between religion and faith, and to me, they're very different. That religiosity is just going through those motions, and you owe it. You have to do it. You're compelled. There's no desire, and now it's a it's a burning desire to know Christ and to be with him and and to exercise my faith and yeah that that Ellen uh, performance that she did was amazing and uh, I look at this and I, I love the idea of, of losing my religion the first time I heard that phrase was uh, back in the 90s with REM that song and and, you know, they talk about it being a, a Southern phrase that, you know, talking about, all right, if I'm going to get mad, I'm losing my religion. I'm getting rid of it. So that way I can get mad at you and you're, you're causing me to be very upset. Um, but I, the, this song starts off, it says, I've been an actor on a stage playing a role I have to play. And that was me when I was in the middle of my mess. I was, I was play acting this part of the guy who went to church and did everything so I could just look good, but I wasn't putting it into effect because it was just the mask I threw out there so that everybody could see this good guy, Paul, and not know what was going on behind the scenes. And and then I love that, that, that second, you know, part after the chorus, it says, light a match and watch it burn. Uh, but to your heart, I will return because that's where I need to be. I don't need to be at church, at a building. I need to be in church with people. And and church has nothing to do with the building. It has everything to do with the people that are there. And we were, we talked about this just today in my, my uh, CR class at the prison right before I got here that... You know, we are the church. We're walking around. And is there is there enough evidence, circumstantial evidence, to convict you of being a Christian? If if you went next door, and I asked the guys, I said, if I went to your, your the cell next door to yours, and I asked them, tell me about this guy that lives next door to you, what would they say? Because in prison, we know what cell to go to. I know if I go to this person, this person will give me soups. I know if I go to this person over here, they'll they'll let me have some laundry detergent or some some uh, hygiene products. I know if I go over here to this cell, this guy's got drugs, and I know where to find him. And when people think, all right, I need Jesus, I better go to Paul's cell. Is is am I that obvious about it? Am I that noticeable about it that it's not a religion, it's a faith, it's a way of life, 
And uh, I heard a great story from my friend Artie today, and he, because he's he's looking at he's going before the parole board, and he's looking at possibly um, getting out this year, um, and he still has uh, 15 years left on his his sentence, and um, so he could get he could get out considerably sooner. And I said, well, when you get back, are you going back to, to your same neighborhood? And he said, yeah. And for so many of these guys, the, the neighborhood is the gang. And, and it doesn't change with the faces. The faces change, but the neighborhood is the gang. And so I know he's going back to that. And he was affiliated there with that. And I said, what about that? He said, you know, a lot of the guys who I ran with and who are in my neighborhood are locked up here now. And there's one OG said he was in the shower the other day and the guy came and said, you know, I haven't talked with you for a while. What's new? And he said, let me tell you what's new. I love Jesus. And he said, the guy just dried off and got out. He's like, had wanted nothing to do with this Jesus loving guy uh, because it just wasn't his thing. And and, and people know, if, if they know, go to Artie. If you want some Jesus, you're going to get some Artie. And, and there are those people there, but I want to make sure that people know that about me. Um, you know, it, it's it's a little shameful to say, if you go up to my house, I've got a big arsenal badge uh, on my lawn that's three feet wide, but I don't have a big cross. Um, I've got the stickers on my car, but, you know, I, I want people to know, and, and people do. I've had people come up to my house and say, hey, tell me more about CR. I've got a person, but, but that's what I want to be. I want to be guilty uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I want there to be enough evidence and circumstantial evidence and just people saying, yeah, this guy, yeah, this is what he does. He's, he's a friend of Jesus. So, uh, good on you for picking some Lauren Daigles. It's, it's really hard to go wrong with her. Right. I, I just, and I say really hard because I hate to say never, but so far I haven't found the, the song that doesn't work for me. Well, what's ironic is asking someone to pick a song when, in my opinion, cause I'm not a music buff. Every Christian song on the radio is amazing. Yeah. And if you just listen to it and you get to sing in it when you're driving in a car alone or with somebody, you tear up. Yeah. Yeah. If you let it do the work, it will do the work. Every time. Uh, we can put up walls and barriers and, and keep it out. Um, but uh, God is patient. He just stands there and keeps on knocking and waiting until we open up that door and then he just comes on in. So, all right. So, well, we talked about this. We talked about you losing your religion, so to speak, and running amok. Where's the message? Well, the message comes in, it's at a certain point, when you when you run the mess and you run the mess and you run the mess and, and, and just your legs are so tired because you've done nothing but just move your whole life through the muck. Eventually, you're going to get tired. And it got to a point in my life where everything was chaotic relationships with friends, relationships with women, like relationships with siblings. It was just chaotic. And when it got the worse, I always resorted to stop, go back, find a good church, find a good, you know, Thursday night study group or something and, and feel that, that lift of the Holy Spirit bring, bring me back. <clears throat> it got to, it got me through some hard times, but the problem was, Again, the sin was still too bad. And I used that as a coping mechanism to do something wrong, then go get... Almost like celebrate recovery. Mm -hmm. I'd go do something wrong, then I'd go get myself clean in church and go do something wrong. Well, not till I moved to Ridgecrest in, in 2013. I think it was 2014. I moved here and just met a group of people 
like Paul said earlier, uh, went to a men's retreat, was just touched by the Holy Spirit and, and have been traveling upward towards a, a better relationship with Christ ever since. And, and it doesn't mean I'm not having fun and it doesn't mean I'm not enjoying life. It means that I want to be with Christ forever and he requires me to do some simple things in life, to love, to be kind, to show mercy, to show grace. And those things are simple. And that to, for people yeah, to be scared. Hard. Why are they so hard when they're so simple? <laughs> We're selfish by nature. Mm. When uh, a lovely lady took a, an, a piece of fruit from a forbidden tree, <laughs> it was because she wanted it. Yeah. Not because she had to have it. Yeah. So yeah, selfishness. That's the only time I do anything wrong now. When I get in an argument or, or disappoint somebody, it's because I wanted it for me, not for the benefit of them. And then that cold reality of the Lord in my ear going, Patrick, you were selfish, weren't you? Mm. Yes, Lord. Uh, all right, go apologize. Go make amends. Yeah. And it, it cleans the mess almost every time. Yeah. And, and the, the beautiful thing is, is that's not... That's not a new story. I mean, Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun. If there was nothing new under the sun in Solomon's time, here we are several thousand years later, there's really nothing new under the sun. And yet it sometimes feels like, oh, I'm the first person to ever feel this way. The first person to go through this. Or I'm, I'm the only guy on the planet that's really struggling with this issue. And, and then I hear people talk, which is the beautiful thing about talking and sharing and testimony and, and see, no. I'm not the only person. I'm not even close to the only person. There's lots of people going through something just like me. And there's even more people going through something similar to me. And that feels to me that relieves the pressure on me uh, because I can see, and that goes back to my, that idiot uh, philosophy of the, well, if that idiot can do it, then I can do it. And hopefully people are looking at me and saying the same thing. As my mess hardens up and becomes more solid ground to walk on, I just want to, to, to get into the word more. I do Tuesday nights. I do my step studies for celebrate recovery. Friday night, I go to celebrate recovery. Wednesday night, I do marriage counseling. I mean, I'm on the men's ministry board. I'm built, helping build the church. I mean, I just can't get enough and I still feel guilty. I don't do enough. And so much of my life is committed to that. And I am walking tall with my head up and my eyes facing towards the ultimate goal. And I love it. And nobody can tell me differently now. That's, that's yeah. the greatest part. Yeah. Yeah, it does. There, there's a great reward in doing that. I oftentimes when I get up on a Saturday morning after being at church late for CR cleaning up and then I get up in the morning and the alarm goes off. It's like, oh, you got to go out to the prison. You got to drive. And I come home from the prison. I'm just just geeked about how exciting it was and, and what went on. I'm just always so thrilled that I just, you know, I, I, I can't. It, it's I haven't found a way to get enough of Jesus and, and just serving and doing. And I love that. I just I love that we have a faith where we can go out and benefit people and, and see the joy that the Lord brings into their lives just by us walking out our faith. It's, uh, it's pretty good. We, there's no checkbox. It's just, um, 
Do we have time for one more story, Paul? Sure. So I wanted to say this earlier, and and I think the the universe, the digital universe needs to hear the story. You told them how you met me at that men's retreat. Uh-huh. And and it was great. But my best memory of, of really meeting you was uh, the Allen's birthday party. Oh. We were doing the cornhole tournament and we were signing up on the on the the bracketing to see who plays who. And Paul and Bev were partnered up, and Paul just went ahead and moved himself to the champion and wrote (laughs) Paul and Bev in the champion spot and hadn't played a single game. And I knew at that moment Paul and I were going to get along great. I forgot all about that. Yeah. I mean, why start off in the lower brackets if you can go right to, you know. And in fairness, I think I asked Jason where to sign up. He said, well, just in an empty spot. So champion was empty. So... Can't argue that. And then after we started throwing those bean bags, it turned out that, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that I, I definitely was uh, not quite the um, the cornholer uh, that uh, I had hoped would happen. But I think we maybe got a point, but I don't know if we got many. It was not. I was not covered in glory that day. Let's just say that. So yeah. Uh, well, I know a lot of people want to get a hold of uh, us here at the uh, podcast, and so I want to give people an opportunity to do that. We are all over the place on the interwebs uh, doing the whole social media thing, and I just got near to my microphone. I'm sorry that got loud, but there was a little fly. I've got little flies that are attacking my coffee plants, and so they're all over now, and it's driving me nuts. Um, but uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can also find us on Reddit. We have this subreddit. And now, just this week, it's so amazing. I have finally, for the first time in my life, we've got a MySpace account. I went on MySpace because I thought, well, this would be interesting. Let's see if it's not, if it's out there. It is still out there. Apparently, Elon Musk, the, uh, the guy from Tesla, bought it and is the CEO. Uh, I think it's ironic now that you can sign in like so many other things using your Facebook ID. You can sign into your MySpace account. I did not do that because I wanted to have my own MySpace thing. But check us out on MySpace because I think this could be really retro nerd fun. So all you retro nerds out there, go look it up on MySpace. It's uh, Mess It Up Podcast is what we are. Um, You can also, if you want to get a little more in-depth and really help the show out because... The show is based on you, and and we we are here to hopefully serve you and, and, and lift you. The way that you could reciprocate that is by giving us a rating uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, find out how to rate that sh- uh, the show either. And and I, I saw someone was playing it on Google Play, and I had a hard time finding out how to rate us on Google. But what you can do is you can just go to uh, SoundCloud. And uh, go right on there and give us a rating. And if you would be so kind as to write us a review and tell people why you like the show, that really helps. And it's it's amazing how much just one or two new um, ratings and reviews can really bump the show up on the algorithm so people can find it. And that helps more new people find the show just like you found it. So we really appreciate that. It doesn't cost much other than your time. However, if you want to help us out financially, you can become a patron of the show. Uh, if you go to messituppodcast.com, there's a little button that says become a patron. And what that does, it, it takes you to our Patreon page and it allows you to sponsor our show financially for as little as $1 a month. You can help the show 
uh, grow and uh, keep the bills paid and just allow us to do the things that we do. Um, we have sponsorships for a dollar a month, five a month, 10 and 25 a month. And you can take multiple sponsorships if you want. We have people out there who do that and it really does help. We got some cool swag for you. Uh, you'll be getting a bumper sticker uh, or window sticker, I guess it is. Uh, T-shirts, we got little uh, rags that we have, uh, shop rags with our, our logo on it. And then also uh, coming very soon, um, our uh, our top level sponsor top top level sponsors will be getting um, the uh, a digital version of my uh, my my book, uh, my autobiography coming out soon, which is called Still in Beta because God's not done with me yet. And uh, you'll also uh, anybody who sponsors at any level will get um, one chapter a week or yeah one chapter a week on uh, Patreon of uh, the audiobook, so you'll eventually be able to get the entire audiobook as I roll that out. Um, so I'll be giving that to any sponsor level um, at a dollar a week uh, or more. So check that out. Um, send us email at uh, messituppodcast.com. You can uh, hit me with bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com or you can hit intern Dave at info at messituppodcast.com. And uh, we love to hear from you. Join the conversation on Reddit, on Facebook. Leave some comments. Vote us up or down. Either way you want on Reddit, just so I know that I'm not just uh, yelling into an empty barrel. Uh, but Pat, thanks so much for being here. Uh, really appreciate it. And um, if uh, if you want to get a hold of Pat, you can send stuff to me and I'll forward it on to him unless Pat wants to give his uh, pertinence out here. No, I'm so yeah. untech. It's It's hilarious. But most of the time, you can find me uh, Paul's side in Starbucks. I am uh, the Big Red Beard. The Big Red Viking. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thanks for being here, Pat. Uh, and we will see you next time we mess it up. Awesome. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Yeah.